This is a discussion already in progress. This is part two. If you have not heard part one, please reevaluate all of your life choices that have led you to this moment. Appreciate the regret that you must now be feeling. Then go back and listen to part one. <laughs> how about, how about not- the Catholics? The Catholics are always, always seeing the Mary everywhere. So, you know, what about uh, is it, uh, Fatima de Port- of Portugal, where the little shepherd kids in 1917 uh, saw Mary and she told them various things and she said she would come back on a certain day and that there was a whole thousands of people there who witnessed weird stuff going on in the sky. Thousands of people, doctors, all sorts of people from all walks of life. Um, it's documented. Um, lots of people saw this. I mean, it's probably a case of mass hysteria, but okay but you know again that's evidence that's what um i mean i don't know i don't know if that's true or not don't you don't you true. look into these things why don't you seem to care i, I now, don't you... need to look into them what? i i keep my eye on what i've been trying yeah. to keep myself under control here no, but I, come I on my... you want us to upend our lives to look into details of blood splatters, we have got miracle upon miracle that no. that evidence Catholicism no, or Hinduism or Islam. They're documented. They're not videos. documented. You don't like the shroud is. They're not documented like the shroud is. Oh, again, I just the, don't. The I just don't care. You can you can up. raise dead bodies. <laughs> you can cure diseases. I don't care. None of that, kidding. none of that equals the ability to live forever, to have or not have an eternal torture chamber, to coexist with people inside their heads, the right to judge people and the ability to do so perfectly. None of that is answered. None of the central claims of Christianity are answered by anything we're talking about here. None of them. And I, well, I, I soundly dismiss the Christian claims in the same way that these other claims that we've mentioned have been dismissed on this program. You don't even care. This is the this is the thing. It's, no, no, no. I, I've written what I've written this up, and, and you have read it, and you have had a chance to respond differently. But when brought up in discussion, you just don't give a tinker's damn. None of that matters. The only now, thing that matters is Jesus. What? Look, what I care about. Okay, the ultimate question is: Does God exist? If I've got the best evidence of that why do i care how do you about know it's the best evidence it's you're not even looking at the other stuff standards. you just kind of picked up one thing okay that's it that's the best how do you know it's the best evidence there, there the are, ultimate question is not about- whether god exists the ultimate question is whether he can live forever whether he has an eternal torture chamber or not whether he can rightly divide the good and the bad whether he can coexist inside your head those are the central claims of Christianity, and you're not getting any closer to answering. If, no, I am, because if the shroud is what it The shroud doesn't to, answer those questions. Yes, it does. No, it if does. The How shroud does the shroud is, prove the ability to live forever? Make because, that causal connection. Because the Bible says... Now, now, you're, now Bible you're talking makes, about... That's not a causal connection between <laughs> the shroud and the ability to hang live forever. Hang on, let's, let's let give her a finish. chance to make that connection. The Bible let says... Let me finish. All right, so we have the Bible, right? Then everybody's going to be like, well, how do we know that what's in there is real? Okay, that's up for debate. 
I'm not arguing that point. That's up for debate. Mm -hmm. What we have that is compelling evidence that points to the truth of the Bible is the shroud because... Is is the shroud in uh, the Bible? The shroud is mentioned in terms of the burial cloth of Jesus. Can can you point out where the thing that that you have as a shroud of Turin is in the Bible? The shroud, the, the points of... Uh, the different stages of the cru- of the crucifixion process, all of that. Right, is all of that are stories without the shroud. the shroud. You you mentioned the Bible, and you're trying to tell me that the Bible is believable because of the shroud. Can you show me the shroud in the Bible? The shroud is mentioned there, and the Sudarium of Oviedo is also mentioned. In the they don't call it that. But they talk oh, about how there were cloths in the tomb. Does it? T- okay, but so we assume that any tomb where people were buried uh, would have had a cloth. There would have been, you know, thousands of cloths. Yeah, but there are no bodies. cloths that look like the Shroud of Turin. So with there's an image no on there's it. no cloth in the Bible that's talked about with an image on it either. So I'm it trying doesn't, to. It doesn't mention that. No, it doesn't no. mention that there's an image on it. No. So okay, so it doesn't need to. Oh. How do I know it's the same cloth? How, how do I? Faith, faith, you gotta have because faith. Because the blood stains tell a story. Well, if the Bible had told the story, they link and said up. there's gonna be a cloth with these blood stains, and people aren't gonna understand it, that would be an interesting part of the story. Now, I mean, it would, y'all it wouldn't be just t- want the filet mignon on the tray handed to you. I do. <laughs> I do. I, when I go to a restaurant and order filet mignon, I don't no. want to go back it's and cook it. Again. No, no, Have that's not what I want. No, of... that's not what I want. Hold on. Hold on. You made a claim on behalf of everybody on this panel. Yeah, well, I, I, I for one want to filet mignon myself. <laughs> I, specifically, I specifically disclaim what you said for me. I expect you to be able to demonstrate that the shroud is true in the normal way that we demonstrate other claims. You haven't gotten that job done. Likewise, I expect if you are going to make a central claim about Christianity, like the ability to live forever, that that is somehow demonstrable. You can't write it in a book. You can't claim it on behalf of some other piece of evidence that doesn't apply. You have to be able to demonstrate that that thing is true of its own with sufficient evidence. If you don't like that standard, I'm sorry, but that's the one you're stuck with if you want to say that we should believe. Okay, Andrew, when a murder happens in real life, okay? Well, I would presume we're talking about real life because talking about Spillane probably is not useful. So so when a murder happens, the the assistant district attorney that's going to be handling the case, they are stuck with the evidence that they have. They don't get to pick and choose what evidence they have. Right, he doesn't have. have a supernatural wand, so he can't manufacture any evidence that he wants. They just, they've got what they've got, and they've got to try to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt, okay? So, just like with the Bible, we don't get to 
pick and choose what evidence we want and then it is there. We we have the evidence and we work with that and we try to And I'm not convinced by your true evidence. Or false. I'm not convinced that there's an ability to live forever. I'm not convinced that there's someone who can rightly divide the good from the bad and torture them or not for eternity. I'm not convinced that there's a God that coexists inside our head. You don't have the evidence for those things. I That's do have why the I evidence. don't believe. I do have the evidence for those things. You don't have evidence that convinces me. Well, that's and, and so maybe just you see. just haven't let's just looked see. hard what, enough. What is your I, evidence I, for the ability I, to live forever? Okay. I, you haven't I, done I, that. I sent David uh, I'm last asking, night. I don't look, know I, I, don't, I don't care it. what you sent, David. You well, can make your argument here. I don't care because it's a lot of scientific information. What is your supporting evidence, the, the ability to live forever? Okay, again, back down to the shroud. The shroud I don't care about the shroud. What is your evidence should. the ability to live forever? I am telling you, the shroud is hard <sighs> scientific evidence. The shroud doesn't prove the ability to live forever. gives credibility no, it to doesn't. the Bible and to what Jesus said that he was going to do. Now, your choices... No, the weeping Ganeshes, excuse me, the weeping Ganeshes give the same credibility to the Hindu uh, Vedas. Okay, yeah, but The you ability know what? to do did, one thing does not imply the, Ganesh, the ability to do another. Did the Hindu gods make a provable claim that there's great scientific evidence proving that, that, uh, that they are who they said they were? I mean, with Jesus... Historical Jesus, most people, even atheists, don't deny that the historical Jesus existed. So either he was a nut, a charlatan, or the real deal. I okay? think it's those are he not was made the up. Only, that's, those are not the only possibilities. What and are the other possibilities? Well, there, there's always the possibility that there, you know, if, if you think anything is possible, I actually don't. I think that's utter nonsense but, but you don't have if you think anything is possible well, that's right. david now that's right and here's your and that's your problem yes hold on just hold on the the reason there are other possibilities is you think anything's possible and so maybe this god that you believe in could do some kinds of things and couldn't do others That's a possibility that you entirely left out because it suits you to think that just because there's a shroud and you think it's super important that anybody that backs it can do everything else that you can imagine. Well, and it's you know not what? good enough. It's uh, not good enough. Our, our listener uh, on Skeptics and Seeker, Brian with an I... Uh, mentioned something that uh, I was like, well, you know, you got a point there. Uh, a lot of times you hear about God being almighty. And, uh, you know, I had no reason to doubt that. And then Brian made the point that, well, can God make himself cease to exist? And I said, well, huh, that's, a, that's an interesting point. So, you know, I'm not going to say that God is, can do every single thing, although... Which know, is why I said possible. everything has to be demonstrated on its own. That's been and my point from the beginning. 
it, in terms of your point, in terms of how it relates to what? Every, oh my goodness. Every claim that you are suggesting for God has to be demonstrated on its own. It can't be, uh, there's this shroud and therefore the ability to live forever or the ability to coexist inside your head or the ability to rightly divide the good from the bad or, or the ability to make universes. Just because you have a piece of cloth, you don't get to say that we have to accept every other possible thing that you can imagine. So, well, it doesn't give a hundred percent certainty. So this, it doesn't this will give be any the, certainty. This will this will be the last it word does. on that before we move on to uh, a couple of other topics uh, that I think are important before uh, before we wrap. Uh, so, uh, good breather, everyone. Take a drink. Um, uh, I don't hear any drinking, uh, but that's fine. Um, I would like to explore some thoughts about miracles beyond merely um, you know, whether we agree or disagree on the shroud. Uh, so I want to talk about maybe some modern miracles. Uh, so Andrew, you read um, volume two of uh, Craig Keener's book uh, on miracles. Uh, there's, there's, there are a few questions that I have about that that you might can answer, but Craig Keener wrote uh, a massive two-volume uh, book on miracles, and it wasn't necessarily just on modern miracles. The two volumes, the intent was to make a connection uh, between the present day and the past uh, and to say, you see, we have modern miracle claims today. Uh, that seem to hold up to scrutiny. And therefore, if these modern miracle claims hold up, then there's no reason to just dismiss the biblical claims. Uh, so, uh, Andrew, having, having read that, I know that in part two there were some very specific miracle claims. What, in your opinion, was the most... Um, the most... I don't want to use the word convincing, but the best documented has the best chance of being an honest-to-goodness convincing miracle that he mentioned that you can think of? Okay, now that's an interesting question because uh, I, don't, I don't recognize any miracle in that second volume as a likely miracle. There's a, there's a lot of talk about what miracles might be. Um, but what we don't have is a causal connection between any miracle and, uh, you know, whatever happened, regrowing of, a, uh, regrowing of three inches of bone, as a, for, as a for instance, right? And so what we miss every time is the link between uh, God did it and how it was done. So, you can, you can talk about all of the miracles in Keener's second volume and simply ask, okay, how was it done? And we don't get any of that. But to be more true to the question, um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe three inches of bone would be convincing to some folks, okay. right? Um, did, did Keener so include, we can start there. Did he include 
documentation in the book, uh, medical records? Let's just start with that question. Well, um, I know he says he has them. Did he include them? Uh, not that I saw. Now, let me be fair entirely uh, to the listeners. I read Keener's book uh, on audio, and the way I did that was to get his ebook and allow the iPhone uh, to read to me using voiceover. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's how I typically read. Uh, the The phone didn't read anything that sounded like medical records to me, but I wasn't looking at the at the photos in the book. So if there are snapshots of medical records or that kind of thing in the book, I didn't get those. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there was, there's a story of a uh, boy back in 1977. Uh, and he was being particularly rebellious at the time. He snuck out of his ah. house and, um, I, so I've, I've read about the story elsewhere, so I, I haven't read Keener's book. He snuck out of his house, uh, and he um, he got hit by a car. He wasn't sneaking out of his house to go to church, in case you were wondering. He snuck out of his house uh, to get cigarettes. Uh, so that's, that's how he got hit by the car. Uh, and then six months later... Uh, he was able to walk just fine. And somewhere between the accident and six months, you know, there was supposedly a scan that showed him having three inches right. less less bone, and then one showing the uh, later, some some time later, the bone um, completely regrown. Uh, so uh, we it, you can you can find that scan online uh sarah in fact uh, did the work found an article linked to it um posted on sns i looked at the scan <clears throat> i'm no i'm no radiologist i'm just a person who has a little bit of experience looking at leg scans lately because i've got five pins holding my legs together um in a in a few surgeries <laughs> so i've had a chance to look at a lot of x-rays and uh talk to doctors it didn't look like that to me sarah didn't notice the the thing that was mentioned in the story it, it seemed very questionable um and i thought to myself wow this this is the best one um yeah you know the funny thing about children's bones they grow and also x-rays weren't that great in the 70s i suspect well, and, and there's one other issue. So children's bones do grow, but one of the, so I broke my, uh, I broke my right ankle as a kid uh, in a cast for a long time because I wouldn't be still uh, enough to let the foot heal. But that's what you expect of nine-year-olds, right? It's hard to uh, hard, have a hard time keeping you in town. southern nine-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, so, so my right leg continued to grow even at the ankle um, because the the break was only partially involved in the growth point at the end of the bones so that's a that's a real thing you can look it up how do bones grow in kids there are growth plates on the ends of the bones now it did partially involve the growth plate on the end of one of the of, of those bones and i actually have uh, my right legs about a quarter of an inch shorter than my left leg now, maybe this kid 
maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he got three inches of bone growth. What would be much more interesting, much more compelling, much more useful in regard to the story is to compare one leg to the other. Well, you mean no one did that? Not that I, not that I saw. Yeah, there's I mean, someone. Someone may have done it. I didn't see it in regard to the story. There's a lot that's not mentioned, or a lot of things that don't seem to have been done. Uh, so, with, with, with regard to this particular story, um, but it, let me let me just let me just progress the question to to the next step before you go. Mm -hmm. um, let's let's say that this was a miracle. Um, mm -hmm. What would that tell you about the God of this miracle? Um, every every so, listener's hearing you and going, boy, he's already answered. Yeah, well, uh, right, right. But I mean, so the question isn't necessarily to you, but I'm, I'm just, this is, this is kind of how I was thinking as I was thinking about it. Because once again, I was trying to think um, as, as charitably uh, about this uh, as I could. So let's just, let's just give miracle uh, here. It's, it's full chance. This this kid was off buying cigarettes. Um, obviously not, you know, maybe the model kid of his time. And the the one response I got to that is, yeah, but his his parents had faith. Well, lots of people's parents have faith. What what made this kid the the candidate for God's action in world that lets people know that he's real? How this seems like something that maybe not a particularly good God would do. So I'm going to, I'm going to help this. What kid. made Lazarus a candidate? Probably nothing. It was probably just, I do have a similar, a I do, I do have that question. I don't know about Lazarus. I don't know if he was a chain smoker from the time he was six. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the, I, I do, I do wonder what I am supposed to learn about a miracle like that when there are actually truly good people uh, who do not get healed, uh, who, are, who, are, who do not just get injured because of their own uh, willful stupidity. They're born disfigured. And this God does not heal them, but he heals Crap. this kid. And I am, I am wondering what this is supposed to tell me about this God. Perhaps what it's supposed to tell you is that it's not necessarily a comment on the person's worthiness who might be the recipient of a miracle. Perhaps it is a demonstration by God to evidence his existence. But why, why would this be his demonstration? So, I don't know so, that that's a miracle. So, you know, okay, but, as I told you... But I'm, I'm, grand, I'm, I'm being charitable and just granting it as a miracle. Why would that demonstrate God? Because here's the thing. If you've got, if you've got two kids at school, one's a good kid trying, trying their best, a uh, little dorky kid with glasses gets beat up every day, and you've got a bully, and uh, both of them get injured uh, on the playground, God miracles the bully back to health and leaves the good little kid to be crippled for the rest of their lives. What does that tell you about this God that would make you want to worship him? It just doesn't tell us 
anything because we have no idea, first of all, whether it really is a miracle. And if it is... Well, a Christian said it was a miracle. Craig Keener okay, throughout this whole I mean, book said, say trust me, trust me. You're not trusting Christians now? Some, I, I'm just telling you. <laughs> look, I, I said it from the beginning. I have a very high standard right. in terms of what I accept but, as a miracle. But I'm bypassing all of that by just granting but you're, it. You're being charitable in granting it for the purposes of discussion as being a miracle, whereas I'm not going to be so charitable. Okay, well, let's, let's take it back to Jesus' time then. So he heals Lazarus, for example, and Jairus, is, or he raises them from the dead. But he would have seen it. I mean, once word got out, presumably, he would have had requests left, right, and center. I mean, they were all dying at, by age 40 there anyway. Uh, in the village he grew up with, in or around, he would have come across parents who were losing, losing half their children to early child you know, death under five. He, there's no mention of him doing anything there. So he only picks these couple of people people in the bible once he's doing his three-year kind of ministry but the rest of the time to hell the others go because they all die well you just I sit think- he must have sit there he must have seen it happen knowing he had the power of god to raise these babies and he watched parents grieve and siblings you know cry and all the rest of it he watched it and did yeah. nothing what's the selection process you see i would actually have more respect for these stories if the story was god doesn't miraculously heal anybody but yeah. it seems like he miraculously heals enough people to keep everybody jumping. So- well, I'm not sure whether miracles are happening nowadays or not. Uh, I think that prob- probably Providence does. But in terms of miracles as to what I think all of us are defining a miracle. Craig, as, Craig Keener says he has proof I for these miracles. I don't know what Craig Keener says. I, don't, I haven't examined the stuff. So until I do an in-depth examination, okay. I'm not buying you, you believe in the miracles of the Bible, though, right? I believe that 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 is what the Bible says, and I have every reason to believe that the Bible is true. You believe that all of the miracles in the Bible were real, yes? Yes. Okay, great. So let's just stick stick to to some of those miracles then. That's fine. Um, We we have Lazarus on the table. Let me just... uh, In the the Old Testament, there's there's a story. one One second. I also don't know... Uh, I'm certainly not a biblical scholar. Don't have so to be. You already, you already said you believe, I, so that's good I, enough. Now that doesn't make me a scholar. Don't need to be. So well, I, yeah, you do. No, you don't. Uh, in terms, you either of believe knowing, they happen or they don't. You said you do. I take you at your word. Well, but I well, wait was, a minute. If you need to be a scholar to believe, and you're not a scholar, then why do you believe? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I was saying is, I don't know how many. For example, with Genesis. Okay. You know, many people think it's, you know, allegory. You believe that I'm trying to trap you. And it is. I, <laughs> so, but, I, I'm, but I'm also being genuine. That was funny. Listen, listen. You you believe that I'm trying to trap you. At least let me lay the trap before you start trying to wiggle out of it. Okay? Because it may not be the trap you think it is. So you believe the stories of the Bible uh, are true. And you don't believe the stories of Craig Keener are true. So let me just stick with the stories of the Bible. Uh, there are three resurrections in the Hebrew Scriptures. Three of them, not one. Most people, I think, don't even know that there are resurrections in the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, otherwise known as the Old Testament. 
Uh, two of those resurrections were very similar. They were done by prophets Elijah with a J and Elijah with an S-H. Uh, and they read almost the same uh, with the exception of just a couple of details. They were a widow's son. Uh, and so two of the, these separate, two separate widows had a kid, son, who died, and they uh, uh, asked the prophet to raise their kids. Uh, and the prophet did it in very similar ways. Now, we don't know anything uh, much about these kids. We don't, we're not even given a name. They're not even important. And we don't really actually know much about the widows either. I'm not sure if they were given names either. Uh, we don't know whether they were righteous or not righteous, but they were people who were within the sphere uh, of the line of sight of these prophets for, uh, for various reasons. And they raised their kids back to life. Uh, the other instance in the Old Testament that I'll just throw out because it involved Elisha with an S-H um, is that after he had died and uh, they had scraped all the meat off his bones and they had thrown his bones in a grave uh, there was this other band of people and they were going along and they had someone die in their party and they were looking to bury the guy but there was this raiding party that was coming after them and so rather than dig a proper grave they noticed this other grave over there they dumped the guy in that grave the grave was Elisha's grave. <laughs> the grave that contained his bones. Um, and the corpse touched one of Elisha's bones, and the man came back to life. This is this is not a this is not a worthy individual. <laughs> this is just some guy unceremoniously dumped in a tomb. He's back to life. I'm trying to figure out with all of these stories of God acting in the world, what his selection process is. Uh, and, you know, a couple of things. Why he seems to favor some people that aren't necessarily good people as opposed to a bunch of people that we know that are good people. And of the people who pray and ask for a miracle from God, how do we, what's a, what's a way of narrowing down? What are your chances of getting it or not? What is God's selection process in all this? It seems very haphazard and arbitrary. And when I look at the stories of the things that God did in the Bible for people, it doesn't make me want to worship this God. It, it makes me uh, think this guy is Loki. He's, he's just a trickster you, God. Why are you presuming that there's an, a selection process? Why do you presume that somebody has to be worthy of a miracle and that the purpose of a miracle there's is no for the selection, recipients? If there's no selection process and this God is just doing things arbitrarily, then there's no reason that I should think that even if I spent my life worshiping that uh, he would reward me. That well, that, doesn't, worse. that doesn't follow. That does not follow one bit. Uh, the the point of the miracle could be simply to evidence his existence and evidence the existence of the but, supernatural. But, but it has to evidence all of the claims made in the Bible. This is what you're telling us, and so this has to at least it has to be at least an evidence of a good God and a God that just raises you know the occasional person willy nilly while ignoring the even better candidate. Doesn't sound like a good God. I look. I don't. First of all, why is your speculation know, better than everybody else's? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Why, why, why is why is your speculation better than David's? 
because I'm not making presumptions. I, I'm I'm just saying. You you, are, you mean you know God's mind? I said I'm not making presumptions. I'm saying we. So don't then, know which implies that you know you've got information to make your decision, which means you probably know God's mind. No, the fact that I'm not. So you are presuming then. No, the, the fact that I'm not making a presumption is that I don't know God's mind. Right, and so you don't actually know if any miracles being performed. I don't know if any miracles have been performed since the Shroud of Turin. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah okay. But, okay, but Look, you, you believe the, the miracles in the Bible, and I'm just trying to, get, I'm trying to get a sense of why miracles should even make sense as some kind of sign. Because they seem to be haphazard. There doesn't seem to be any selection process that makes sense. I, once again, I could understand a God story where God does no miracles uh, and says, reason- make this world the way it is. I could understand a God that does all miracles and answers everyone's prayers. I don't understand the, you know, every now and then I'm just going to randomly do a miracle and uh, then people should believe. How well, does, how does that work for you? Okay, the way it works is for the atheists and the agnostics is, I mean, well, How does usually, it work for the Christian? Never mind the okay, atheists well, well, agnostics. It doesn't matter for the Christians. They're already believers. For the atheists and the agnostics, y'all keep frequently on the boards uh, denying the existence of the supernatural. So a miracle, by our, I think, pretty much agreed upon definition, is a supernatural occurrence. So when it happens, it's a little bit of a wake-up call saying, hey, look. This is evidence of the supernatural. Okay, Perhaps let me, let you me may want to ex- let me take try a to explain to you why why what you're saying doesn't work. There are plenty of atheists that believe in the supernatural. So th- this is this is a canard that a lot of Christians uh, use, and it's just not true. There are you are, talking about the are, aliens that is, you reference? Uh, no, uh, there are as many kook. Atheists, atheists. So there are Christians. I assure you, and and I will happily mock them all. Uh, but just the, I was doing a little bit of research the other day, just the number of people, the percentage of people who believe in ghosts, uh, just as an example, uh, these are not Christians. Uh, these are, these are just people. People believe in ghosts. They believe in, um, spirits and, or energies and, uh, nameless powers, um, Atheists believe in all kinds of things. Just because they don't believe in God doesn't mean they're smart. Um, so I don't. I, I I defy that. Furthermore, if you want to say, well, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of miracle it is. Uh, an atheist can take those same miracles and s- stories and say, okay, yeah, these are aliens. Uh, they they have been watching uh, over us from above, and every now and then, uh, they take one of us into their ships. Uh, and they do medical research on us, and they heal us. Now, do we have any evidence for that? Yes, we've got tons and tons of people who give extremely detailed uh, uh, testimony of I, alien encounters. So, I, I think the important this is, is I'm sorry, this evidence. is wait, this is an explanation that works for millions of people. Um, and so, if if what you're saying is that the miracles of the Bible are just trying to tell athe- atheists that a God exists. He failed because because we you know the the kooks among us will look at that and just say yeah look at the look at the various um, you know non god powers that are out there. If what you're trying to prove is the God of the Bible though, 
and you're trying to connect the miracles that you say he does, does to him, then those miracles have to speak something of his character. And if you're telling me, well, there's no selection power, he just does it randomly, and he'll heal an evil person just as well as he'll heal a good person, uh, or he'll you know, cure someone's eczema where he'll let someone's uh, cancer take them, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of this God. This does not seem like a good God. It does seem like well, some kind presume? of powerful being, but you're just you're just telling me that there are uh, capricious aliens, or there's a devil, or there are some jinns. You haven't connected this to any kind of god that I would want to worship, and so I don't understand the philosophy of miracles, the theory of miracles, the theology of miracles. How do we trigger one of these things? Can we do we pray in a well, certain surely, way? Do we live yeah, our lives in a certain way? Surely, if God is answering. Yeah, I mean, look, man, surely if God is answering any kind of prayer, sort of in the way that Teddy has suggested, and you can't really, uh, you know, this, this idea that God's just doing it for the Christians, it, it doesn't really apply. Why are you making any assumptions? Well, well, surely if God is answering miracles for any old passerby, that is a bigger argument against the Bible than the Christian can make for the Bible. Because if I can, active, if I can activate God's healing power, and I don't need Christianity. I'm not sure I need the Christian story. Seems like God will give me whatever his promises are um, just for me being me. Yeah, but the so, Christian can't even tell me how to activate the healing power. See, I, I know. Yeah, Look, I, I, I'm, presuming, whole... I'm presuming miracles, and I, I realize what, that's Okay, not... Teddy, tell, yes. tell me how to activate the... How, did, how does it, oh, how's it done? Hold on. There's a bigger issue in all of this. Okay. And that is, for example, you say, well, that's not a God that I would want to worship. And, and y'all, you know, seem to kind of have that whole vibe. It's all about casting judgments on God. And, and that goes back to what I've Seems always fair. said. I think that a lot of former Christians turned atheists have had such a bad experience with Christianity as they were growing up. You're defending naive realism. You're defending naive realism. Tell, tell me yeah. this. Do you, look, think, do you think God is good? Yes, okay, I do. Okay, so how did you make that judgment? Because it sounds like you're casting a judgment on God. Well, because the Bible tells us what his intentions are for us. Okay, and but but you're you're assuming that everything him. everything that God does is good, and that's kind of an assumption on your part. You have judged God to be good. I have looked, I, I, I have am, looked at the behavior of I'm this God that you're talking him. about. I'm accepting what has been told. Well, you to can me. say you're accepting, but that's a you're passing a judgment that that information is correct and He is good. You're not is, if, you're, work, if you're accepting what's been told to you, you're not you're you're only accepting a small subset of what's been told to you because it's not as if you saying, "Well, I'm just accepting what's told to me," is a defense for accepting Christianity and not accepting uh, Hinduism or Islam or the position that a skeptic would take. It, so that doesn't work particularly well. I'm just I'm just I'm just accepting what was told to me. It, well, in terms of what the Bible says and that the shroud evidences the bible gives it support <sighs> yeah, yeah, and that's blah, blah. scientific support not just oh you know let me no it's in not Ganesh. matthew, matthew okay. already dealt so with i want to i want to i want to 
start drawing to a close and bring the discussion toward um, something that I hope is helpful to you, uh, Teddy, and uh, to the listener as well. I want us to start talking about a little bit of our own personal experience uh, with miracles. And maybe the audience can get a sense of why some of us are so passionate about this. Um, I think, I think this is a good time to insert, uh, some humanity into the discussion. Uh, so, and not just, not just your personal experience, but, but things that you know, uh, or have encountered in your life that, that, that cause you to be passionate about this. I'll go first. Um, and then I will, I will give the floor to chaos. Um, Teddy, the reason, uh, I don't believe in miracles. It's not just that I don't care about it. It's just, just so you are sure I don't care, but I also don't believe. So a- activating my, my intellect and, and all that is within me, I still don't believe. Uh, so unconvinced is uh, there too. But there, there are good reasons for that. So I grew up in, uh, in the church. I, I didn't have an existence until my adulthood that wasn't a part of the church. Um, and while I did not go to a particularly miracle-believing church, uh, we did, of course, believe in the providence of God and that God could uh, answer prayers and do pretty much anything he wanted in this world. We just wouldn't have couched it in the, the same types of terms that, um, say, a Pentecostal would. Uh, so that said, um, my, both my parents are blind. Uh, two of my three brothers, well, uh, so me and one of my two brothers, uh, born legally blind. We have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of health issues uh, in our house, and um, and I have had a chance to know a lot of people with health issues because for a time in my life I attended the Talladega School for the Blind, and I can tell you uh, from personal experience that when a person is blind, they usually have more than one problem. It's it's not just that. Uh, I'm living proof of that. I'm not going to catalog all the problems I have, but you know, when you are in a type of boarding school like that, you get to see all manner of disabilities that you wouldn't necessarily see in the real world. Uh, and so I have a lot of personal experience in contact with people uh, who are badly damaged uh, physically in a number of ways from, from birth and otherwise. Uh, I have the experience of growing up believing in a God that could heal uh, and and do things for good people. A lot of the people that I grew up with were good people. I myself was a pretty good kid, uh, as kids go. Uh, Andrew uh, knew me at that time. He can attest to that or, or deny it. You were insufferably good. <laughs> it's, it, was, it was insufferable. We, we tried to get David to do 
things that other kids like, you know, can we get you to drink? I mean, we, we would actually place bets on what we could try to get you to do and, and get you to do them. You were insufferably good. I, I was that guy. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, but so, uh, yes. So I have been healed uh, at least twice by well-meaning people. It, needless to say, I'm not healed. Um, Hello. Yes. <laughs> My battery went out. I'm it, back. That's okay. You're good. You, I'm, I'm sorry you missed all of that, but the audience heard it. So the, I have been healed at least twice uh, to no avail uh, when I was a kid, but a kid of faith, mind you. So I have seen firsthand God's healing not work on me. I have seen other people healed who I've known and been close to, and I've seen firsthand God's uh, healing not work on them. Uh, I have been in the position of wanting to believe in things like staged miracles, uh, but have seen the evidence uh, of of those things being scammed, and so having my faith uh, dashed against those particular rocks. I have gone to church in my adulthood uh, as a leader in the church uh, with people who have uh, suffered greatly and were among the highest quality people I will ever know on this planet. Um, and so, again, I have seen healing uh, not work. And so this is one of the reasons I was asking about the selection process uh, earlier. But I do not and cannot uh, accept any of this because I have lived a life of faith primarily watching that faith be dashed time and time again by different types of Christians from different denominations doing different types of miracles for different kinds of people and watching it all fail and just seeing the hurt and heartache uh, that's left in its wake. I do not believe, and I believe that I have good reason not to. Sarah, tell us a little bit more about how you come to this, and why is it that you do not believe? So as I say, I'm happy to leave the door open on miracles. I'm I'm happy to be agnostic on that. I always found the um, promises of the Bible a bit cruel. I think if you're genuinely suffering um, in some way, uh, maybe church and things like that are quite good if you've got a headache or a bit of backache or something like that. But any, any real miracle that you need, something genuinely that you would be able to class as a miracle sudden you know uh, recovery from something they they never well firstly the christians don't stick around long enough to pray for you for that long term because they're starting to get a bit shifty on their seats about it not actually happening so they tend to give up but i always i, th I always used to think that it would be easier if the bible just didn't promise you any miracles it, uh, at least then you would know where you you were with it um you know because they're so dramatic in the old testament and in jesus's day he's healing everybody the sicker you know the blind are seeing and the, the the waves are parting and all that and you know it's it's really lackluster in today's <laughs> for the miracles we get today we get the old t uh, gold tooth for uh, well-off uh, canadians in toronto um you know through praying they they got a lot of gold teeth which um was apparently miracles but uh, needless to say i would have been absolutely furious if i'd got a gold tooth i'd want the white one um so i would have been really annoyed but um 
it's interesting with 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 Teddy. You're saying sort of you know you don't Keener's work. You would need more evidence. The Fatima of Portugal. You need more evidence. Absolutely. Um, and the Hindus, you need more evidence. How is it wrong, therefore, for us to say we need more evidence than than words written down decades later by you know an ancient Near East um, uh, society who were highly superstitious, who didn't understand the world, who used miracles to explain the, the difficulties and the unknown things, um, and you know that were eyewitnesses? Is is it not okay? I mean, in Fatima of Portugal, there was at least a thousand people there. Uh, we believe it was Jesus. I think appeared to 500 600 or something um so you know and it's much much sooner to the event as well we've got documents and testaments and statements you can you can I mean, look at it all up all reports of that i don't know that there were a thousand people there i you know who knows well sa- same um, with the gospel accounts then same sure. with the gospel accounts in which case we are warranted we're not it's not because we are we don't want this god to exist or we don't want him to, to worship this god or any of that stuff is we've looked at we've we've held that same standard that you're holding to those other aspects and saying you know we yeah just some somebody writing this stuff down decades Uh, so Teddy has used her miracle power to zap you there for a moment, uh, Sarah. Say that sentence again. Which, uh, which bit? I was I we're just holding you to the to oh, the okay. same. We're holding you to the same. We're holding it to the same standard as you are for every other miracle we we've given examples of. That I. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, I just you know the, the, whether it be Toronto or Fatima of Portugal or, or whatever that uh, we're just saying yeah we don't we don't quite buy these gospel accounts necessarily either we we can hold a better skepticism it isn't just because we don't want to worship this god or um, and so yeah uh, if you're saying that the uh, potential outcomes for us is that eternal consequences that's that's not good enough I think God needed to leave some pretty good evidence for that if he wanted us to believe that that's all I, really so. I think that there are numerous ways um, that what is in the Bible can be evidenced and so if you just have the Bible in a vacuum then sure, lots of people are warranted in maybe, you know, just not really being sure about that. But when you have uh, something like the shroud as evidence, then that's a whole horse of a different color. Now, also, when you take the Bible, there are other things that evidence it. For example... How did this universe get created? You know, uh, how did life come about? Was there not life and then life? So, you know, there are those. Um, they don't support the Bible necessarily. They could, they could. They could support a consciousness view of the uh, universe. I don't know if people who listen to our show know of Tara, but she's very much, you know, first of all, consciousness came first, and that kind of brought forth the material world. Tara just you could, made it onto the miracle show. She did. Come <laughs> on. She needs to call out to Tara. You know, but I feel it's dirty. true. There's a, <laughs> there's you should. A, I'm going to need a long, hot shower. And, and you're going to more than that. There's other, there's other <laughs> options on the table as well. But um, And I was going to say, yeah, how, it, so the providence thing as well, in terms of, um, you know, I had I had 
big questions when I was going through deconversion and uh, God sent me um, David. So what do I do with that? Was that Providence? I, you know, I thought I was the only Brit going through this. God sent me Matthew. And I thought all Southerners, um, Southern Americans married their sister and God sent me um, Andrew <laughs> to prove, prove me wrong. So, you know, was that? I'm was from that the Southwest. It's, it's a high percentage, but it's not a hundred. Uh, <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, but what's the tattoo to teeth ratio? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Don't just no. Uh, so Matthew, getting us back on track. Why don't you believe in these miracles? Uh, what's your personal connection here? Um, well, as I hinted at earlier, I have a painfully personal connection. Um, so I'll recap a about the story of my mother, which is probably a good, the best one for me to go to um, about miracles. There's a church in this country which believes a miracle occurred in her life, uh, but the very first report of this miracle, alleged miracle happening in, in her life, was uh, at the day of her funeral. You know, up until that point in her life, nobody ever referred to to this uh, event in her life. Uh, as a miracle, and that was a span of uh, just 30 years, so, which uh, is less than the span from um, which spawned the Gospels. So these things can, and they they do happen uh, in human history and in human time uh, with uh, astonishing regularity. Within that 30-year period, uh, somebody else related to that same uh, kidnap event that my mother was uh, involved in wrote a a book about the, the the farm that we we lived on and, and covering the decades which that farm existed, and there was a chapter in that book dedicated uh, to to the day when this event uh, happened, and the the version of events that that, that uh, book gives are subtly different to my mother's written account uh, written ten years after that event. Um, which I found in her possessions when I was uh, going through them all uh, after a funeral. So written events from people involved, written accounts from people involved in events change, which is obviously a a line that's used to support the authenticity uh, of the Gospels. But, and the the point I'm getting to is, uh, beyond that, the story gets told more and then more external parties get involved, people who weren't there at the original time, people who weren't there right at the beginning. And when they start retelling it, things get embellished quite dramatically. And this is how we get miracles. And there's um, another story that I want to tell about why we should be suspicious about the way Christians uh, view miracles and view uh, supernatural accounts. There was um, a famous Christian in the UK who and who it is it isn't isn't relevant. It's a, it's the story following it uh, uh, that that matters. Who was was gravely ill, and many many churches uh, got together and they they prayed for his recovery and and his healing. And it it didn't happen, and it it even made the press as well as uh, the Christian law. And it was um one or two years. Uh, after after this person died, I was in a large Christian gathering, and the, the preacher at the front was uh, talking about it, and you know how people were disappointed, and uh, how people were upset, and how some Christians questioned their faith over uh, the failure of this healing to be delivered. And this person uh, in front of everybody said, "And but what I really believe happened 
was that the reason why he wasn't healed was because the devil got to him first, and then that was met with cheers and uh, and and applause. And this is the twisted way which uh, people of of faith uh, talk about these things. If it if it happens, hallelujah, it's a miracle. It doesn't matter how if the story got twisted. Some people true, we're going of faith, to believe not it. all. And and if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't work out. Well, uh, God still exists anyway, and it hasn't hasn't shaken my faith, you know, and and everything is still God. And uh, I want to challenge uh, people to think differently. You know, if if you really want to be certain about about miracles, uh, dear listeners, challenge them, challenge yourself with this. If something can, that is used to be a miracle or is claimed to be a miracle can be shown not to be a miracle, would you question your faith in God? Over that, would you be prepared to give up your belief in God on one miracle, on one failure of a miracle? And if your answer to that is no, then you can't expect me to accept the existence of your God on one claim of a miracle. I need something better, and I need. And like I said right at the very beginning, we need to be certain that it can't be explained naturally. A what if, a maybe, a possibly, isn't good enough. Andrew, did you want to uh, add to this? You've spoken on this um, previously, but um, not in this particular Yeah, um, Yeah, but um, maybe slightly differently than what's been done so far. So the first thing that I want to say is it's a mistaken thought to think that if we don't answer a question on a long enough timeline, we therefore have a miracle. That's not the case. There, there may be things that, that we don't know for some reason, and we'll never know, um, that aren't a miracle. And the ability to, the, so therefore, when we say, I don't know how something is done, but we've been looking at it for a long time, that's not enough to say, therefore, we've looked at it a long time and it must have been a miracle. That's, that's a, it's a huge mistake, and that's been done here on this show. Um, I've already said I don't, I don't care about modern miracles. It doesn't answer the central claims of Christianity, but there are two uh, events in my life that lead me away from miracles because even if there's a Christian God, I think he's a capricious son of a bitch and not worth, wor- uh, not worth worshiping. So, David, like you, we both grew up in the same place. We grew up in the South. And I have been taken to faith healers. Uh, And I was taken to faith healers before I had the capacity to believe. So my parents take me off to these faith healers, two different faith healers, two different occasions, both failed. Now, that would almost be enough. But it isn't in there. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking to my dad, who's a, who's a Southern Baptist, uh, common in this neck of the woods. And uh, my, my stepmom, his wife, had, uh, had had some back pain. And my dad was, was excited to tell me on a Thursday that she had back pain the previous night. And they prayed about it before they went to bed. And they wake up the next morning and her back doesn't hurt. And he really thought it was a miracle. Here's the problem. I've got a nephew that lives in the house with him. He's learning disabled. 
I've got a, a stepsister that lives in the house with them. She's got lupus. I've got her husband uh, has, has huge respiratory issues, all kinds of respiratory issues. It's going to kill him. Uh, and, and not long from now. So this God of the Bible, this one that, that worked miracles, well, that God ignored the biggest needs in that house. And the funny thing is, my dad, who really believes in miracles, who took his one-eyed son to two faith healers, is still telling me, hey, blind son, um, you know my wife? Her back pain was more important. The end. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we might have one final round of conversation for going. Oh, what about me? Oh, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not forgetting you. Um, I, but I wanted to let it sink in that there are there are real human reasons behind the skeptical position. Forget position behind skeptics that bring us to who we are. It is not merely some rejection of goodness because we have nothing but evil in us or because we don't believe in God and therefore we're fools or because you know we, we want to deny God's presence and we want to go on sinning. Uh, there, there are actual life experiences. Sure, that, and that I've got some this. comments regarding that. And so I'm, I'm going to give you the floor for the comments, but I'm going to ask you again to maybe think charitably as, uh, and, and, and try to at least understand why someone would rationally not believe. Because again, it, it, se- it feels like a dismissal of that life experience when a Christian says, well, your disbelief isn't rational. We're, well, we're trying you know, to tell you I, and I it take is rational. Issue in, well, I don't know. I tend to think it's more emotional, quite frankly. Okay. Well, you, you have the floor. Tell us why. All right. The reason why I think it's more an, of an emotional decision is because what I have been hearing from everybody, and I, I don't mean this in, um, in an insulting way, but don't, I'm don't just worry. trying. Don't worry, we pretty to, harsh to you. We can take it. I'm just, I'm just trying to describe what I am truly hearing, and that is an attitude of entitlement from God to have whatever ails you fixed, and. I think that what happens is if one has that attitude, then when one's hopes are dashed, that can, I mean, we all know from just life experience, people, uh, when they're disappointed, when their hopes are dashed, that can cause people to become very, very bitter about whatever has dashed their hopes. And that is the sense that I get from atheists that 
stuff has happened in their uh, formative years or maybe even later where their hopes have been dashed and they give up and they're like, you know, God, if you're really there, I'm so faithful. Why haven't you helped me? Why haven't you performed a miracle? Well, we don't know that God performs miracles necessarily. And, and again, miracle in the supernatural sense. Again, there's the issue of providence and answering prayers. But even with answered prayers, who knows, right? Because the question, it's questionable whether they're being granted or not. So why not go through life with the attitude that I have? which is, I don't know if God is going to ever grant a single prayer that I have, but logically, just because God does not answer a prayer of mine does not mean that he does not exist, okay? So, um, my view of the world is that it is a proving ground. There are uh, there's illness, there are natural disasters, there are all sorts of horrific things that happen in this world. And it is my belief that God wants to see how we use our free will. When we are tested and challenged with all sorts of hardships, some people have greater hardships than others, but when we are tested with those hardships, God wants to see what we are made of. What is our character? Are we going to give up on him and then denounce him, or do we still hold firm? For example, take a married couple. When they get married, unless it's some arranged marriage, you know, they love each other. During the course of a marriage, there are all sorts of trials and tribulations. Now, who are the people that get divorced and who are the people that still stick to it through thick and thin and they don't then decide, I don't love you anymore and then leave? Sometimes at the first sign of trouble, sometimes there's a long stretch of trouble, but the true test of love is that it can withstand those rough waters and sometimes very, very rough. But God, I believe, wants to see how we handle those challenges. And, the, and he's not an evil God for putting us through all of these different challenges in this whole obstacle course that we call life. The true reward is if God does exist, is in the afterlife, and that's eternal. So, this is just our time on earth is but a sand, you know, a piece of sand on a beach. So, big deal. We, we deal with this. We suck it up. Do the best we can. Don't have an attitude of entitlement that every time we want something, God gives it to us, because again, that would make us God, if God was nothing more than our genie, and we just rub our lamp by praying to him. So, um, you know, 
that's fine if, as long as if he didn't promise it that's the problem i'm happy with a god that doesn't intervene or you're almost a deist god that's fine but then don't keep telling us in the bible he's going to be our comfort our joy our peace um he will you know come alongside us not test us more than we can bear all those that don't and give us hope false hope really with miracles of healing of um health issues and things like that because that's just cruel just just don't just take it off the table say don't, this don't is a testing King ground take his book back i mean he yeah wrote he doesn't 800 say that he's going to give everybody their but, but you're uh, saying that we're entitled we didn't we didn't come up with this no we didn't, exactly. we didn't, we didn't come up with this i was i was taken to a healer before i could come up with this we didn't I, right. I was, I've, so been, was I, I've been listening to and sermons. And this is a show about miracles. Right. And I've, I've been listening to sermons about this all of my life. And, you know, when I do walk away and ignore it, some Christian always comes around uh, and says, hey, what about this? Here's a miracle. See, see, see. Well, and so it's it's not my entitlement that's saying, I'm saying, well, okay, if that's the case, then uh, then why not this? I don't I don't think it's my entitlement so why are you um, believing those? And miracles? in this show, I have given in this show, I have given at every turn specific reasons not having to do with miracles for why I disbelieve. So you can't take those words and say, "Oh yeah, that's not really important. What you're doing is making some emotional decision." No, that's not the case. It was and from disappointments, right? No, that's what I just said to you. And you don't seem to be able to accept that I'm telling you no. You see, Teddy, what you may not realize is that I was a Christian. The thing that didn't matter to me was not getting a miracle. You see, I was a Christian and I didn't get the miracle. And if you think that not getting the miracle was, was the reason I'm an atheist, then you have to account for why I was ever a Christian. I didn't get the miracle, and I didn't need it as a Christian. I've told you from the beginning on this show, you can go back and listen to it when it's published. I've told you that I do not believe that the evidence stacks up to the claim. I'll give you the reasons again. I don't care whether you believe in a God if you can't prove the central claims of Christianity. What are some of those claims? That there's a God that has the capacity to live forever. That he has the ability to maintain an eternal, uh, an eternal torture chamber and that he does or doesn't send people there. That he has the capacity to dwell with us, whatever that means. And I could go on and on and on. Those are In claims the shroud gives no, you that evidence. No, it, yes, it you does. Yes, it doesn't. So before we go around again, Matthew... Uh, are you just uh, emotionally upset uh, at God for not getting your miracle? How do you how do you respond to you know just because people say they're not doesn't mean they're not. Well, but it's, oh, it's, but we it's, it's only, it's only it, but we should take your word for it. It's only fair that uh, Matthew get a chance to tell us whether yeah. he is I, just I, this speaking wasn't out in of regard his abundance of emotion. So Matthew, um, did did you have a particular part of Teddy's thoughts that you wanted to respond to? Yeah, it sounded like she was channeling Dale, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, you can only channel the dead. People, Dale I, is not dead. Okay? I'm, I'm not sure, but I think that was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, in fact, Dale's work... The I reason, will the take reason it I am, as a compliment. The reason I am not alluding to Dale's work... Dale. Hang on. The reason I'm not alluding to Dale's work right now, and Dale has put in quite a bit of work on this show... Uh, I'm not trying to present Dale's case. I can't present Dale's case. 
Um, however, Dale has created a solo show on Skeptics and Seekers. You can find it at skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com, and you can see his um, his uh, ebook on the matter uh, and or straight download. It's twice as long as mine, uh, and you can... Uh, get his position there. So his position is included um, in the uh, in the blog portion of this. Right. right. On the charge of being emotional, anyone who says that me personally um, and not believing for emotional reasons hasn't properly listened to what I've been saying. Now, yes, there are emotional aspects to my story, the, the story of my mother for the, the however many times i've brought it up already is an emotional story but pay attention to what it is that i've said about it my critique about that story is of people lying from the pulpit saying that a miracle occurred it's not about what happened to my mother i haven't mentioned what happened to my mother i haven't said i don't believe because of what happened to my mother i've said Christians lied about a miracle happening, and that is evidence of Christians making crap up That's not when it comes to miracles. Reasoning. Okay, well, why not? That's they, not. They lied. Just because some preacher at, at a funeral says something that's garbage about your mom, you indict uh, the existence of God over that? That's just not you're, sound. Again, you're, you're not listening to me. I, I didn't listening. say I didn't say that is the reason why I disbelieve God. I already disbelieved in God by the time of her funeral. I'm just saying that is one so example. Why did you bring that up as an example? Because it's an example of Christians making stuff up and declaring something a miracle after it happened. It's an example of a story merging into a miracle story on the back of the, the way Christians talk about things. This isn't good That's, reasoning. I mean, why not? It's a, it's do a you clear run into example. one bad police officer? Are all of them bad? No, you judge no. you judge a belief system by the evidence, not and by the evidence the I am presenting to you is a story that happened, which many years later had emerged as a story of a miracle. That's that's right. evidence. And that I, is what happened. And I'm sorry Are you denying that that's that what happened? happened. Are no, you denying no, that's what happened? Exactly. So that's the point. No, the point I'm not. Is, and I'm and I'm point sorry is, that that story, creature did that. But it's and I and this is not the only case. And that's the example. I have in in leading up to this uh, conversation over the last month and a bit, I've been in conversation with a couple of people uh, on Twitter about about miracles, and they have given me examples of things to talk about miracles and they all follow the same format a a story which is either poorly understood or a story that is explained naturally and over time has come out as a miracle story one of the stories was about uh, a study of healings uh, in a a village in I can't remember which African country it was now off the top of my head something that happened 50 years ago it was ridiculously difficult to find 
what happened at it actually in the the 80s or even the 70s of when it happened because obviously it's pre-internet so so finding published material about it was extraordinarily difficult but the confidence with which a miracle was claimed about there was disproportionate to the actual amount of information that was available this is a common theme you i there would agree so many, with you i would there, agree there with was, you Matthew. there are so many stories like that and so this is why i um, in, certainly with specific regards to miracles. My objection to miracles is not emotional. It is because there is a consistent uh, narrative of events which are natural over time being retold in a different way and emerging out the other side within a single span of a lifetime as a miracle. Okay, my mother's it just happens to be the closest example I know to me because I, I am very familiar with the facts about what happened uh, on, on the day of the kidnapping and who else was involved and other details that have happened uh, on that day and that the story of the miracle at the end didn't match that. And you, as you look into other stories which are of a similar type, it's the same pattern. Uh, an account which starts off one way and emerges out the other end in, under religiosity as a law which includes a miracle. It is a constant formula which happens time and time again. And you can just look out for miracle claims and this is what happens. My but mother's well, case isn't the only one. And you this know, is why I, look, I don't believe I am it's with not emotional, you. I it's believe... based on the evidence. I do not dispute that there are many false claims no, of but miracles. What you're disputing is that our, we come to it with emotion rather than evidence. Matthew no, is, is and actually, presenting when I was talking about emotion, I was talking about the rejection of God, not not the miracle stuff. That because you know of disappointed, dashed hopes that that creates a bitterness which then creates the I, emotional I reason for rejecting that's, God. Well, that's unfair, though. Uh, you're framing a broken promise. Just because prom something's unfair doesn't um, mean Wait a minute. You're, 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 you're framing broken promises uh, with, you know, dashed hopes. Now, I would think that in any endeavor in life, if, if uh, say, a product, uh, because I buy a lot of products, um, there, there are promises on the label. Um, there, there are things that you expect when you put your money down. Uh, and you get the product, and if the product does not produce that, then you have reason to believe that there is something wrong with the product. You can at least demand a refund. You might try a, another item from that same company, see if that works. You might try uh, another similar item from another company. Uh, but at some point, you are completely justified in just uh, turning your back on that product and doing something else. Uh, well, that's, that's Sue, not, that's or, not and you're entirely ignoring you're you're ignoring the self reports of everybody here, and frankly, that's a Christian dog whistle. Well, you so know what, well, I, hold on, we we have told you specifically that we are not doing what you are claiming we're doing, and yet. You insist. A psychiatrist has tons of people that don't always are you acknowledge a psychiatrist? or, are or you a realize. Psychiatrist? No, I don't, you, okay. but I understand are you psychoanalyzing what happens. Do you have, <laughs> I do you have some to, basis and, and for your am. claim that we're all lying to the audience? And somehow what you're saying to lie. is what they should trust on our behalf over what we self-report. I, I, I I'm at a loss as to what you're saying about us then, because I feel like... 
you want to say that our our rejection of of these miracle claims and such are not rational uh they're not based on uh, anything and I and I ask you specifically to listen to our stories charitably, I, just, I to, just to see if you could. Is... Okay, so so would would you like to change what you said to say that yes, you understand at the very least uh, that our rejection is rational? I agree with the rejection of a lot of the miracle, the modern day miracle. I've mentioned from the outset, I will probably be in lockstep with y'all in rejecting them because I demand a, a high amount of, and high quality evidence of that from very credible individuals. But, but I think so you, I think you not- misunderstand the emotion part of it too, though. Because so I will I will reveal something that is at least true today. Um, it's not always been true for me, and it may not be true next week. Um, but I vacillate between this back and forth, and I'd be curious to know about the other panels, panelists' emotional state on this as well. But I would actually love to be wrong about magic. I, I, now, let me just say, a world with magic scares me because it's chaotic. It's unbounded. If someone can make gravity work today uh, for, for themselves and then make it not work for me, uh, tomorrow when they're mad at me, that's a scary kind of world for me. So I don't, I, I, whereas I want to see, I, I'd like to think that there's some greater thing. Um, it would, it would need to have some limits, I think, but the part of me that simply adores superhero movie movies, uh, which is, which is a part of me that controls the budget Um, would love the idea of uh, superpowers of of some kind. I I would love to be wrong. I would love, and by the way, I don't care if it's your God or the devil, honestly. If you you give me the big book of Wicca with spells that actually work, uh, I would use them. Uh, So... um, I, I'm not. I'm not so don't really, give him the book. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really not all that picky about the source. So um, that said, if you want to know where I stand emotionally, I would love to be wrong. I would. I would love to encounter uh, some kind of miracle uh, that I can use. Some kind of power that I can use. To change Don't my worry about the future miracle. Look at the miracle that we I'm, have in turn. I would love to have that power to change my brother's life or, or to do any number of things that are too personal to talk about on a podcast. I, I, I fantasize about ways I'll be that, nicer that power to you. Could, uh, could come. Uh, actually, uh, Andrew, you were not on the list of people that I was going to use my power on for the good. Um, I'll be nicer, <laughs> I promise. I'll be nicer. You, I mean, you were on the list, but it was a different list. Um, anyway, never mind that. That's personal. I didn't want to go into the, uh, into personal. So what I'm trying to say is that if, you, if, if I have any emotional component to this, it would be to want something like this to be true. I would I would love to read physics uh, world tomorrow, 
and and find out that all of the laws have been overturned by one person uh, who can do real magic. That would be that would be amazing to me, and I would devote the rest of my life trying to figure out how to get it. Uh, I guarantee. Come to Saya Baba. Come I, to Saya Baba. <laughs> he's dead, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. um, you yeah. want me to psychoanalyze you, so, David? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just trying to say that your your notion, uh, your very idea of what you think my emotional state is that makes me, you know, disappointed in God or upset with God or you know, yeah, I didn't get what I wanted, and therefore, hey, I am I am sitting here begging for your God or your devil. I'll, once again, I'll go either way, whoever gets to me first, to prove me wrong. You know what? I think that if you had evidence that was one one hundredth of what exists for the Judeo-Christian God from some other source other than God with a capital G, that you would hop right on it. If if it was some alien, you know, life force from Mars. No, you're not listening to me. I okay. would take your God too. You. If he if he if he I wants to jump it. in, well, okay, then you're just calling me a liar. I will happily take your God well, if he wants to come to me. Uh, and knock me on my ass while I'm on the road to Damascus. There are lots of roads to Damascus in this world. I'm waiting for it. I used to pray for it. Are you kidding me? I would. Why wouldn't we want one? I would that. I'd like to jump in on this one. Um, okay, let's just take it as the red that, that God exists. Let's get over that one for starters. So, assuming God exists... Does God Oops, want... Hello, Beth? I, I yeah. can't hear anything. Okay, sorry. Hello? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. okay right. right. Okay. So, does God want me to worship him? Yes. Does God know what it would take for me to do that and want to do that? I don't think God is catering to the individual preferences that we all have in terms That's of... That's not the question I asked. Does God know what it would take for me to want to worship him? I believe so, because okay. I, I believe he knows everything, so yes. No more questions, Your Honor. Well, so I would just like to make a But he doesn't statement. need to beg. He does beg. He begged Paul. He knocked Paul on his ass when Paul was on his way to do something else. And so uh, God knew exactly what it would take to get Paul to believe. You know what didn't get Paul believing? Empty tombs. Stories of empty tombs didn't get Paul believing. Hold on. Stories of empty tombs didn't get him believing. Uh, Shrouds didn't get him believing. Uh, uh, People being willing to die for a cause didn't get him believing. You know what got him believing? He was on his horse, and he was on his way to kill some Christians, and God knocked him on his ass. That's what got him believing. So honestly, God uh, give me the sign of Paul. Do certain things. Doesn't he want anything from me? Well, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do what it. You tell me what it is. Does he want me to write thirteen books? I'll write them. Hell, I'm halfway there anyway. David, David, you just said what you need to do. You need to start killing Christians. Oh, (laughs) so. So, Teddy, why are you so insecure? Remember, uh, Matthew you, is the you nice guy. You blamed all of us for uh, having dishonest motives. Why are you so insecure? Why do you, why do you need this trying God? to be dishonest. Why do you, 
Well, I don't. <laughs> I'm not. No, actually, actually, like... I think you did, and I think anybody well, listening, you just I think told anybody me that I was lying, will agree you, you, that uh, when we self-reported, you pushed back and said, "No, you people don't know what you're talking about." In regard to your own thoughts. No, you li- you literally Why said you... I was lying when I said that I would right. take the magic from so, your God. So here's what I want to know: <laughs> well, Why are you so part, insecure? Yeah, Why do you need seated stuff? Why? Oh, oh, so. We have deep-seated issues, but yes, your dependence do. your dependence on an imaginary creature is not somehow indication of, of your problems. All three of y'all came from, uh, or Therefore, all four of y'all, it came from religious backgrounds that absolutely sound pretty oppressive and controlling. I wasn't religiously oppressed. Wait a minute. I never, not once. See, you, oh. Well, maybe. No, you you don't get to do that. You do not get to make claims for the four of us that we didn't make. Well, you're. Parents you don't were taking get you. Was it you that said your parents were taking you to faith healers? Well, we've both been taking the faith healers. I'm not sure. Hey, Sarah, I, okay. have you, I, I, Sarah, have you been healed? Was, certain... I was taken to two faith healers before I was old enough to form memories of it. By the way, how yeah, is but that you impressive? were told that, weren't you? Because you somehow know. Why about is that it now? religious oppression? There are plenty of people okay, who were told not that were oppression, but usually the types of churches that wait do a minute, the whole faith wait a minute, healing don't bit. Don't do that. Don't don't start. Oh, you're with the wrong you. sort of Christian, then. Don't start you're the wrong sort of Christian, and I'm think that now. you get to apply that to me. You have no idea, zero idea what my story is and i don't give a tinker's damn what you think the usual story is well I'm you're on dangerous ground sorry this is this is how southerners do it folks if yeah. you're wondering this is it's it's <laughs> dangerous ground so when you start suggesting that people don't believe because they subscribed to the wrong sort of christianity it's, it's a dangerous, dangerous uh, catacomb to go down into. And I, and I well, would just add, and just a reminder for the people, I didn't just uh, pal around in one kind of Christianity. Uh, I, I was a leader in three different denominations and, uh, and participated in many others because I wanted the broadest possible experience. I was looking for uh, what, what felt like the truest thing, and uh, I, I did want but to experience But what did you grow up in? To me form to believe. Well, my grandmother was a Methodist. My dad is a Baptist. My mom is a Pentecostal, and I was Church of Christ. So, what did I grow up in, Teddy? You yeah, the one well, with the magic eight of, ball. Why I don't mean, you tell us through your God what we grew and up? I, and I grew up I'm with with two of the is, most loving parents that anyone could have. They are still alive today. They've been married um, for probably I happen to 60 know that's years true. At, at some point. Yep. This, I, I have been um, one of the most fortunate people I know when it comes to growing up. Your parents are good people. I love them, too. What I'm saying is that most former Christians turned atheists don't come out don't, of, for example, the Don't Greek care Orthodox what most Church. former Christians do. You've got the reports of the people here. Now, We're not talking okay, about most Christians. All of y'all come from the more extreme... I just told you and, my grandmother was a Methodist. They are not uh, typically okay, considered extreme. Okay, but you also extreme. talk about the Pentecostal and 
uh, was okay, it Southern let's, let's Baptist? Let's just say Greek Orthodox. And if we are you saying that had we grown up Greek, Greek Orthodox, we would have been the right kind of Christian? I because if you are, you're you're been defending naive. If y'all had grown up in a more mainstream, hmm. has there ever been a Greek Orthodox that became an atheist? I don't know. I've not heard of one. That doesn't mean they don't exist. How many Greek Orthodox exist? are there? I mean, is this, is this a large uh, group? The biggest group of Christians are Catholics, and I think the second biggest. Uh, the second uh, biggest. The Protestant well, I mean, you Baptist. do know the Greek, Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. Of course, right. the Greek Orthodox yep. and the Catholics were once one, and well, then we split not, off. But they're not. Well, so we do know that there are Catholics who have become atheists, even if the Catholic uh, yeah, Church chooses well, not to again, acknowledge. Again, so what? What I mean, is it that the Greek Orthodox Teddy, have that makes naive realism and you just don't know it all i know is that when it, you know the greeks have an expression and it's uh pan metron ariston which means all things in moderation you see, you do and sometimes when <laughs> people go to extremes you know, oh. it, well, isn't God one end of the extreme and atheism the other end of the extreme? So aren't you actually saying that the most rational thing in regard to extremes is to be agnostic? Well, no, there's a thing called truth. And yeah, I'm aware are, of it. You're using truth in the capital the truth, T sense when there's no such thing you as know, a capital truth T truth. and falsity. Uh, I, I'm not saying that we should reject truth. So, you know, you have you to haven't demonstrated what's true. Well, I'm, I'm curious about the Greek Orthodox Church now. I just want to look that up. I, how big of a percentage of the Christian Church is Greek Orthodox? Because it, I have no idea. Because it, it sounds like it sounds like most In the world. most Christians, unfortunately, are just the wrong kind of Christian. <laughs> and so, and did you guys practice the uh, gifts of the Spirit, for example, in the Greek Orthodox? Do you have the Holy Spirit um, born again type experience? The whole I don't think Trinity. so. I mean, we believe in the Trinity, but in terms of... But that you get indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and you can prophesy, and you can express gifts, and speaking in tongues. And yeah, I've, I've never heard of that. Oh, you weren't the right type of Christian, no. and that was the... <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the problem. You're devoid you were indwelled. Saying. You were not indwelled by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't count. As far as we were concerned, you were dead-type Christians. I mean, well, that's... You know. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. But my point is, is that... How many people coming from a church that is like what you grew up in wind up just re repulsed by the whole idea of religion? I don't know how Some many Greek them, Orthodox end it's, up that It's way. entirely it irrelevant. It doesn't it matter. It is relevant. No, it's not, because it doesn't indicate that one is true and the other is false. No, that's not what I'm trying to point out. What I'm trying to point out <sighs> is that I... I believe that all of y'all, see, I told you that word would come out, all of y'all. Well, first and time. I just told you that you were calling all of us liars. So <laughs> go ahead and tell us what we all believe. I, I strongly suspect. Uh -huh. So that, our self-reports mean nothing. Now, listen, listen, if y'all had grown up in a church like mine, I don't think that y'all would have left. That's naive realism. No. no that's I what have we been oppressed with? What, what's, what's so terrible? There's a level of arrogance in that statement that bothers well, me. Well, no, I mean, maybe the truth can be arrogant. The truth, if the truth, I mean, the truth is strong. So, yeah, I'd rather the truth is gentle and loving, personally. 
it, I mean, I mean I, I'm okay the, with the Erica the takeaway. Truth. Well, <laughs> hey, takeaway maybe you can this. demonstrate it by just having God rewind time and put us all in the Orthodox in the Greek Orthodox Church, and we can be done. In God's Greek, not our servant. Well, and if then, there's people frankly, who used to be Greek Orthodox who are now atheists, does that invalidate Greek Orthodox? Frankly, my, if you're going to be bothered to your point is if we were in a better kind of church, then yeah. we would we would have a different and better perspective. It's and not, I, your not your point to is to sneer at better, us uh, to, so that you can make but our we, experiences we invalid. I'm I'm telling you right now, my my the church of my youth didn't even believe in miracles the way we're talking about them today. You couldn't get more relaxed than us. You would go to sleep from the time of the morning announcements, and you wouldn't wake up until it was time for the picnic. Well, wait a minute, we were David. We were about as boring as you got. Who among us in this group is believing in miracles of today? Apparently none of us. I did. I, I did it. Well, I believe in one but less right than now, you do, Teddy, because I think the shrouds and nonsense. I, what I was, well, what, I, what we believed about of, miracles is that God I'll be could happy to have that do conversation. Them. We didn't we didn't believe necessarily that He did do them, but we didn't rule it out. Um, so, I mean, it, look, I just I don't I don't rule it out either. But I mean, I need pretty good, you know, actually excellent evidence so, look, for me. So, so did we for the, the gospels, and they're not great evidence. Not and there's nothing else in the first century that that supports even Jesus existed. So, you know, we're we're just putting that same standard, and yet for some reason that's not. Well, actually, I read something about it, and I don't remember the details. There's nothing of what in I the read. first century. No, there. There, uh, uh, I believe not- I read that there was, oh, I don't remember the details of it, it's, it's okay. where you're, you're the whole argument that oh, it took centuries before uh, there was anything to evidence the Bible that that's uh-huh. um, not accurate. I'll go with nineteen uh, with the with the 60s or 70s for Mark's gospel that doesn't mention any resurrection, incidentally. The first gospel mentions yeah, nothing and, about the resurrection. And unfortunately, I don't, I don't have that right on me but you know well that's the difference could... we've all done that research yeah, and we've seen how poor it is and how quite and how how many divisions there are between the christians that they don't even agree that they throw each other under the bus suddenly the pentecostals are a load of rubbish and it's all their fault for us being for no longer believing i mean it's like church of england in the uk is pretty standard pretty moderate pretty down the road and most of us went also you know and i uh, had a lot of influence from that we can't help it in england but uh, to be influenced from that uh, the takeaway was god was love jesus died for your sins um and if you believe in him and you will have eternal life that's pretty much the key message i think we all got and that is the key message well then that's it and then most of us went through a liberal stage we went through the kind of yeah okay let's you know i can i can accept gay people and gay marriage and and probably you know the purity culture is probably a bit of a silly thing and you know we all went down that down those roads until eventually we we're just like what are we left with oh well maybe a kind of an einstein's god that's kind of a force that eventually you uh, yeah maybe does something i hope it's true maybe i hope there's somebody in charge of this whole this goddamn planet because it's going to hell in a hell but the eye just got off the ball go back to what the original focus was and that is that there's god there's jesus believe believe what follow you know believe in the existence of god believe that I'm agnostic Christ on the matter. I don't know. It may be or may be not true. I can't prove it either way. Well, you know, I, I, I was talking about in terms of just the central uh, tenets of Christianity. Uh, you know, there's so much that, um, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. It 
does. But, you know, it's like do a, a Venn diagram and figure out where everything intersects. And they all, all of the different denominations intersect with God, Jesus, and, you know, I guess some of them don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But my point is... Some of them don't believe Jesus was divine. Some of them don't believe in the Trinity. Uh, He was divine at different times. He gets divine at the beginning, at the end. And you know what? When in doubt, just... Be agnostic. At minimum, go with... God and why? Jesus. Why? Why? Why at minimum go with God? Because what good is he? Well, what? Yeah, good I mean, is all he, you've done is just special plead. You is, said you said do this Venn diagram thing, see where things overlap. Well, they don't have any specifically good overlap, and then you went from there and well, just sure said, well, God just said, well, why not Jesus. just presuppose God? Why? Why not just do that? Because what, Pascal Swinger? Well, quite frankly, and I mean, every all the atheists seem to knock Pascal's wager, but I, I That's think it's because it's, it's ridiculous. Great. No, it's why is it ridiculous? Well, that, tell not me, a good tell, reason. Oh, tell me this: boy. Are you? Uh, yeah, okay. I, I said that we might get to this later. So, look, this is of this course, will, this will be the last conversation. Yeah, I need to drop off in 10 minutes. This will be the last conversation, and then we're going to do some close. We'll let everyone uh, give a close. So, what? Um, I think I'll, I think we'll have to skip the Pascal because we've got a couple of people we want to drop off. Uh, Teddy, if you would like to I've come back, to. we can we can do this. All <laughs> we would have scared the poor lady. Teddy, you've been a star. <laughs> but, but but I want you. I want to give people a chance to wrap up. Um, and uh, everyone, just so you know, Teddy and audience, everyone came to the show with uh, probably a lot of notes, a lot of research, uh, a lot of things that we didn't get to talk about today. Um, and so I want to just give everybody an unspecified amount of time uh, to just kind of share some of the thoughts that you didn't get to share. We'll close out with uh, my thoughts and then Teddy's last. Uh, but since uh, uh, Matthew was the first one to raise his hand and say he has to go to the bathroom, Matthew... <laughs> Um, it's actually my tea time call. It's uh, <laughs> evening here in the Limey Land. Okay, so you get to you get to exit uh, to make your exit statement first. Take as much time as you need. All right, thank you, chaps. And when I've done my exit statement, I'll drop off the the call. So I'm going to have to listen back to hear what what you guys say. Um, uh, a couple of thoughts in in no particular order. I'll make them as organised as I possibly can. Um, yeah. You know what? If I'm going to want a God, I'm going to want a God which has the best afterlife. And I'm going to quote the fabulous Dave Warnock, who was uh, on with Andrew and I on our, on our podcast, Brands. Um, and he says, I want the afterlife where I get 70 virgins. And you know what? I'm with him on that. <laughs> Let me have that afterlife, please. So if I'm going to vote for a God, that's the God I'm going to pick. And okay, I, I don't think what that's What are you going to do God. after the first 20 minutes? <laughs> oh, 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 well, I can t- I can tell you since I get the vote, I'm going to vote the repeat time. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry, that was that was uncalled for. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> well, I, well, you've got an interesting opinion on my virility. I I'm think. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so there's that one. Um, I'm going to be slightly facetious on this one, but um, 
Life from non-life. The last time I looked, atoms aren't considered life, and our bodies are consisted consist of um, quite a large number of individual atoms, and uh, none of those are alive. It's you you mash them together, and there it is. So you've got life from from non-life there. Um, I'm going to try and re- recover some of the the past uh, couple of minutes uh, in, in as sane a way as I can. Yeah. Please don't tell me, dear Christians, and I'm talking to the audience here, please don't tell me I had the wrong version of Christianity. And please don't tell me uh, I'm, I only doubt or only question or only disbelieve be, because I'm, I'm emotional. That, that disrespects me as an individual. It uh, shows that you're not really paying attention to, uh, to, to, the, to what it is that I'm saying and you're just uh, placing onto me a, an interpretation that, that suits yourself. So uh, please don't uh, do that. It also means that you um, are interpreting onto the huge amount of experience that I have with Christianity and uh, what I went through to, to leave Christianity and you're, you're interpreting and putting a judgment on that without knowing anything about it, which again is, is really rather disrespectful i won't deny that there is emotion involved in in leaving christianity the process of leaving christianity was deeply emotional because frankly i didn't want to do it and that's why it was emotional but that's got nothing to do with my judgment on there not being a god that is not an emotional thing it is not a wanton thing to to hate god it is not a wanton uh, thing to to doubt and question god i'm not raging against uh, god um so it's not predominantly emotional. My emotion was a response to uh, to evidence which caused me to question uh, my religion. And it was emotion because I didn't want to leave my religion. But the reasons for leaving weren't emotional. They, they were objective. They were hard. They were cold. And it was the response to that hard, cold, objective evidence which called into question my faith that caused then me to have emotion. So it was the wrench from religion that was emotional not and it is not the reason for me uh, uh doubting and uh, and re- and i was going to say raging when i just said i didn't do that but no it's the the emotion was not wanting to leave the not wanting to leave so please don't don't call it emotional because it means that you don't understand and you've just demonstrated that you don't understand by calling it emotions that's kind of how i want to cover that on miracles which is really all this is about and i'm probably going to repeat what i've said at the beginning and in the middle uh, again let's have um, some evidence i know we talked in big circles uh, around around the shroud even when i was a christian i never really took the shroud seriously i don't buy the evidence uh, for the shroud i get why it is convincing for for some people uh, but i i don't i don't think i i don't accept that the evidence is is good enough for that for and as i have said before about uh, miracles that i have looked into there is a track record of many miracle claims being uh, misattributed uh, later in life uh, this happens we know this happens let's not uh, deny that that happens and let's look at stories like the shroud and uh, other miracle events in that context and say is it possible that the same has happened to these events and that later evidence is being retroactively uh, uh, interpreted in ways that uh, are inaccurate. So let's let's try and uh, examine things with that 
uh, in that kind of context because if miracles are real it means that there is a supernatural being let's call it the christian god but there are other options as well but let's just say that if miracles are real then the christian god uh, exists and that is a very important uh, conclusion and if it's true i want to know that it's true so there has to be a good standard of evidence supporting that a miraculous claim is actually that of a miracle and if there is an explanation that comes out naturally for that miracle then we need to question whether or not it genuinely is a miracle and if and the explanation for the shroud is a possibility that it is a is a fake it was said by one of the people on this call you know it's either a miracle or it's possibly fake well why can't it be possibly fake you know nothing that's been said is uh, um contradicts that i don't like talking about the shroud um that's it me done i'll be rambling if i talk any further thank you guys it's been an interesting past four hours thank you <laughs> thank you matthew. happy holidays matthew please do not be a stranger you are welcome anytime we will be in touch excellent uh andrew um you uh declared you wanted out second and therefore uh sarah it, it will be you next for opening comments uh. because screw that guy Okay. Well, his, I think the little uh, little baby was going to make her point anyway. By the sound of things, um, I'm going. Yeah, to I've got a, with... I've got child duty pretty quick. Yeah, I, I was actually uh, giving you a chance to uh, go uh, take care of it uh, right now. If you wanted to, you can come back. Goat flipping. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. Goat. Okay, goat flipping is how I'm going to end this. Um, I cast about on the internet to have a little look at miracles. I typed in uh, the word miracle on YouTube to see what came up. And um, one came up about um, calming goats uh, by uh, reciting the Quran to them. So now I think I need to convert to Islam because it's, it was pretty convincing. Um, you uh, turn the goat down, you, you say some verses of the Quran, and it, it goes very quiet. But uh, what you also need to do is flip it on its back, which if you Google other YouTube videos, you'll see that this is a thing. This is actually how to cut goats down. But you see, the Muslims have claimed this as you turn it on, uh, on its head, put its ears over its eyes, and it goes and you recite the Quran to it and it, and it, um, and it calms it down. Um, that was obviously clearly very, uh, very uh, convincing, along with so many other numbers in the Quran that uh, add up to 60, the age of Muhammad. Um, there's also one that adds up to 1960, was, which was relevant for something else. They say the year we went to the moon, but I'm not sure if that was that 1960. I thought it was... 1969 yeah, exactly. in the US. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the I US. think the Russians totally got that wrong. They got it wrong. Land, right? The Russians ah, okay. didn't land before that. And I don't know what the we year was. Armstrong. And if we you, were the first uh, to land, we weren't the first to orbit. Right. And if you if if you look at um, Africa, you'll see the word Allah written in Arabic on on Africa. Uh, so I think that's all pretty convincing stuff. Um, so anyway, I was just gonna I was just gonna say now in the day so, so to conclude really is is to say in the in the day of the internet now, um, unlike maybe in the eighties and the nineties when I grew up, um, we can't really ignore that other religions are now making claims about miracles. Um, we can't say that uh, we're not we're no longer ignorant of the fact of some. Uh, of effects of mass hysteria of uh, some of the things that like Darren Brown can reproduce he's uh, an illusionist in the UK but um, 
we've got video footage we've got videos now on every phone so we should be getting some good data on on videos but um you'll find most of them are shaky most of them are in some backwater of the world somewhere um it's very unclear to see what's going on it's always a little bit um whether it be muslim videos or christian videos or just miracle claims they're always a little bit um blurred and you can't quite make out what's going on um so <laughs> i just think that uh and people are also a little bit more aware that you need good evidence these days i think the standard is going up so i think we'll see the number of miracle claims going down because um uh, we're now seeing that it's a bit more widespread in some ways than we thought other people are saying the same thing and we're not buying their story of miracles like ganesh's milk um so uh, we may start applying the same uh, criteria to our own uh, cultural faith and realizing that that's uh, that's not quite the, as convincing as it, as it used to be um, and I think I think the Bible does um, miracles a bit of a disservice in in terms of promising much and delivering in reality in today's world very little and um, so for that reason I have to stay agnostic on most of the matter but flip a goat <laughs> flip a goat <laughs> Or, if you want another little funny anecdote, apparently in your own Florida, Clearwater, um, the Virgin Mary appeared on a building um, and, you know, it was very, I've seen pictures of it, many people came to visit it, um, Mary was on the building and I, I really think you need to explain why this shape appeared. Um, because it's clearly a miracle. It was sold to a Catholic um, charity, the building, because obviously that's the they were pretty interested in it, in having it. It's a sort of a glass building with her a shape appearing. Unfortunately, a teenager flung a slingshot into it and oh. smashed it all, and it's now no longer there. So that's the end of that miracle. I'm afraid. Well, I mean, we had magic the destroyed by slingshots. Yes. So, uh, bef before so, before uh, getting you uh, in there, Teddy, Andrew, um, you're close. Take some yep. time, Janine. Uh, quickly. Um, not going to be much. I think I made my case more or less through the uh, through the course of the show. I don't uh, I don't particularly find uh, Christianity, uh, particularly the Christian God and miracles, compelling uh, for. All of the reasons that I mentioned before, I will say, uh, Teddy, thanks. Uh, I haven't had this much fun in a debate since the last time I talked to another Southerner. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you're so, welcome. And I'm so, having a ball with y'all as well. This is, uh, this, this is how Southerners do. The gloves come off. You know, you find out, you find out we're from the same region of the country, and, uh, and there you are. Uh, by the way, I'm over in Tennessee uh, occasionally. I've got a high school friend over oh, there. Oh, so, cool. Uh, and so uh, would... Uh, love to go out to dinner as long as we don't discuss the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> I can't promise that, but, you know, we'll have some more fireworks. Yeah, yeah fair enough. So, I, uh, yeah, I have a problem with, um, uh, with what I think is the ongoing special pleading uh, for Christianity. I see no good reason uh, to start with the foundation of a god. Um, and... Uh, it's not an emotional case for me. As I said, right at the very, very beginning, um, I was a, a Christian in college. I was double majoring uh, in religion and, uh, and computing. I found that there were two different ways of thinking about the world. One worked and one didn't. I've reiterated that uh, through the course of this conversation, specifically calling out 
places where I think we're making mental mistakes, uh, where we make mistakes about evidence. Um, and I will leave it with that. If the, if the listeners disagree, uh, they're welcome to get in touch with me. If they, disagree, uh, if they disagree with Matthew, they're welcome to get in touch with him at the same place. ReasonPress at gmail.com. Uh, happily take it up if you want to send us a private email. But the better place is we'll be hanging out on the Skeptics and Seekers board for, uh, for this one. So by all means, stop by and, uh, and uh, tell me what you think. Okay. I'm going to uh, jump in and offer my statement, and then I will let Teddy have the vaunted last word. Make it a good one, Teddy. Uh, <laughs> but before you do, <clears throat> um, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This is Acts chapter 16, verse 16. This kind of magic was not uncommon in the Bible. So for those who were thinking that the Force only has a light side, don't forget the dark side. The Bible is full of miracle-slash-magic stories. And not all of them were God doing good things to people. In fact, some of them are God doing bad things to people. Uh, but let's just set aside those curses for now. We're talking about powers that didn't even come from God. If we wanted to go back to the Hebrew Scripture, we will find... Uh, one of my favorite stories tucked in the way, uh, tucked away in the Bible. It was the Witch of Endor. Witchcraft was outlawed at that time, and Saul, who was a mad king by then, um, wanted to save his throne. He couldn't, of course, but he needed a fortune teller. He needed a prophet, and the prophet, I believe it was Samuel, was dead at that time. And so he needed a fortune teller who could raise the prophet Samuel to give him his fortune. And so he went and found this, this woman, this witch of Endor, and she said, oh, no, I can't do this because it's against the law. I'll be killed. And Saul says, no, I promise you'll have protection if you do it. I just need you to raise Samuel uh, for a little bit so that I can get my fortune. And so she does, and he does. And this story is one of the more interesting stories of the Bible because this was not a power of God. This was a power drawn from someone else to raise up a holy man. And it wasn't a fake power. It actually happened. In, in this story, Samuel was actually brought forth uh, to give a fortune. Now, it wasn't a good fortune. It didn't turn out well for Saul. But the magic was real. It was real, and that wasn't even the first time we saw that kind of magic in the Hebrew Scriptures. And no, let's not just put it on a bunch of goat herders uh, back in, you know, 1400 B.C. The passage that I just read from you is from uh, the book of Acts. In here, the magic was real. The Bible does not present this as pretend magic. 
she was a, she was a slave who was possessed by a spirit that allowed her to accurately predict fu- the future. Real magic. Hey, can I read you one more? But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man uh, is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his, get this, magic. Acts chapter 8, verse 9 through 11. Magic! It's there. It's in the book. It's in the text. It's all over the freaking text. And so we shouldn't just be here talking about the power of God to heal a crippled person. We should also be talking about the power of Satan to read the future. The power of Baphomet to speak to the dead. This is also biblical power. I fail to understand how the Christian wants us to differentiate the various magics that they present in the form of miracles and convince us that this is God as opposed to some other power, which the world is clearly full of. And why isn't it that we don't have more examples of the dark magic too? I mean, it's the same problem. Now, if we're just going with the Bible, we have no way to differentiate it. Because in the stories that I read, the magic done by, let's say, a demonic force, the people thought for a long time was God. The story says it was for a long time he did it there. They thought it was from the power of God. When Jesus did magic, it was said that it was from the power of the devil. Who can tell? I can't. You show me an x-ray that's fuzzy and you tell me that three inches of bone grew back. How do I know what happened? Hell, Satan. You want to talk about Pascal's wager? He's got just as much magic. So here we are. Trying to sort out stories about magic from the past. Or bloody cloths or whatever. I don't see a single story that tells me about a God that gives a good goddamn about the universe or anybody in it. So I think I'm done with Bibles and Ouija boards, which offer about the same amount of magic. I will uh, I'll just close by joining the Hindu scholars with a the great question of the ages. Got milk? <laughs> Teddy. Genius. All right. Oh, well, it's, you're a tough act to follow there, David, with all your talk of Satan and all that stuff. Um, so this whole issue of miracles Miracles are not an end in and of or to themselves. Miracles are a tool, and they are a tool that God uses 
to evidence his existence or, for example, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament to show that certain people who were with Jesus or with Moses, that they had special powers that were given to them by God. God was using these miracles, and by miracles we're talking about supernatural events, to ultimately evidence his existence. So, um, so miracles are a tool of God, but there's a bigger issue, and the whole thing that we have to keep our eye on the ball, and, and that is, what is true? Is there a God? Is there not a God? And the way we need to figure that out is through looking at the evidence, scrutinizing the evidence. I agree with the skeptics on that. Probe and prod and ask questions and get the finest experts to look at things. So I'm not easily swayed by all of these talks of modern miracles. I'm not saying that a modern miracle can't happen, and maybe they have. I'm just saying I'm not aware of them. I haven't looked into them. And I'm assuming that if I'm not just seeing a whole bunch of stuff written about them, you know, it's not even worth my time. Um, but we're trying to find out whether or not the uh, there is a God because it matters. And Pascal's wager is uh, the, the skeptics, they just want to poo-poo the whole thing. Well, no, because if if they are wrong in having faith, that God does not exist, there are eternal consequences for that. Our life here on earth is pretty short compared to eternity, and we don't really know exactly what hell is, but I can tell you, in terms of me, I'm not interested in having any part of that. So, uh, especially if an atheist is going to be ethical, why not just believe unless you have some sort of deep-rooted psychological reason why you do not want to believe? And there's a saying that sometimes, you know, by not believing in something, sometimes people are open to believing in anything. And... So when we're scrutinizing evidence, respect in terms of what other people have to say, we don't have to respect what they say. We're scrutinizing evidence. That doesn't mean we don't respect the person that we're talking to as a person. We can respect them, but that doesn't mean that in challenging their evidence and in what they're saying that we can't scrutinize it as best we can. That, that's the best way of attempting to find truth. And when people say that they don't accept the evidence of the Shroud of Turin as being authentic and evidencing the resurrection, you know what my response is to that? If you want to be taken seriously about your not accepting it and that it's reasonable to not accept it, Show me where you have a problem with 
all of the science that supports the shroud's authenticity. Poke the hole, scrutinize that all you want. Then we can talk, but everybody wants to uh, glom on to, oh, well, the radiocarbon dating. Uh, that said that the shroud comes from medieval times. Well, they never talk about how archaeologists and people, the scientists that do radiocarbon dating, are well aware of how often it can be wrong. And one of the biggest reasons why is contamination. And they see it frequently. It is not uncommon. Yet the average person is not aware of that. They think that, oh, if the test results, the carbon-14 test results were wrong, well, then all of the other evidence has to be that supports the shroud's authenticity has to be wrong. Not true. There are things called outliers. And so when you have a mountain of evidence in one direction and one bit of evidence that is and can be very flawed, well, that's an outlier. So, you know, pick apart the evidence that exists and then we can talk, and then I'll then I'll think you're reasonable uh, for not thinking that the shroud is valid. But until then, uh, I, I just I don't accept that. I, I mean, people can choose to not believe in it, but I don't believe that it's a reasonable choice in terms of um, that other gods might exist. Well, you know, anything is possible. So I'm not being inconsistent on that. But before I start believing in some other god, show me the evidence where the evidence for some other god is greater than the Judeo-Christian god. And then we can start having a conversation about that. It is um, not special pleading um, in terms of Christianity. Uh, nobody's using a double standard. My standard is is the standard that David Hume, the atheist, used, and and that is examine the evidence and go where the evidence leads you. And so, um, yeah, I, I I just think it's important to to look at critical claims, and also the atheist that claims that uh, that they just don't have enough evidence to believe in God. You know, the Shroud has a ton of scientific evidence behind it. And to me, even though it does not prove uh, God's existence to a 100% certainty, what does the atheist have to um, to warrant their faith that God does not exist. Because let's not be confused. There is faith that has to exist for the atheist that they are correct and that the Christians are not. And so we're all having faith in something, but how much evidence backs up one belief system versus the other. And so uh, the Shroud of Turin, examine the evidence. There are scores of scholarly articles about it. Barry Schwartz, God bless him, 
creating shroud.com and that's just like a one-stop venue for all of the important scientific peer-reviewed articles by some of the top experts in the country and in the world. Uh, these are not charlatans. These are people that worked at places like Los Alamos National Laboratory where they're making the nuclear bomb. These are not lightweights. But anyway, pay attention to what the evidence tells you and, uh, and go with that. Thank you. Thank you. And this has been uh, a lot of fun. So I just want to take a moment uh, to join my colleagues in saying thank you, Teddy, for uh, stepping in there. It, initially, Teddy was going to have a, a role in this podcast of about five minutes. And she learned uh, not more than not much more than five minutes for the program that she's got a much bigger role than that now. Uh, thank you so much for stepping into the Shark Tank. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And um, next week, I will have a uh, special guest, although I have not confirmed the time with him. I'm just going to announce it anyway. I will have a special guest. Uh, I will withhold his name, uh, but uh, another person from uh, the comment boards is coming on uh, to talk to me next week. And uh, we are going to talk about the subject of uh, the state of uh, Christian atheist communication and maybe even delve into the question of why we atheists are even in this discussion at all. I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation. Uh, until then, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you. Bye. Happy Christmas. Bye. Thank you very much. Happy holidays for y'all. Bye-bye.